This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Good morning, I'm Jim Lang, and welcome to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Well, friend of the show, Woodbine announcer Robert Geller joins us today. And Robert, like everyone else, is looking forward to April 16th, which is opening day for the Woodbine Thoroughbred season. How good does that sound? However, presently during the offseason, Robert has spent his time visiting family in Australia. Take me with you! And at the same time, watching some good horse racing at the local racetracks. As he takes a bit of a busman's holiday shortly, Robert will join us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, and tell us more about racing in Australia and Close to home, how does he prepare for the upcoming Woodbine thoroughbred season? Also, as someone who is highly recognized as having a good eye for a thoroughbred, Robert will put his handicapping hat on and analyze the Rebel Stakes today for us. And that's good news as the Rebels, one of the major points races for the Kentucky Derby to be raced on the first Saturday in May. In addition, on the show today, Sunrise Therapeutic Riding and Learning Center is a place where children and adults with special needs come to take part in a wealth of programs, including therapy, recreation, horse riding, life skills, farm-related activities, and education. Lynn O'Brien is Executive Director for Sunrise Therapeutic Riding and Learning Center and has witnessed firsthand the many life-changing moments that happen to those who visit the facility, which is located on a 102-acre farm in Puslunch, about a 15-minute drive from Guelph and Cambridge. Sunrise has a vision to provide a community where children and adults with special needs are treated with love and respect, and horses in the farm environment are used as facilitators to assist in reaching their full potential while giving them the tools and support to play a meaningful role in their community. Sunrise is celebrating their 40th anniversary this year, which is a small not-for-profit is a major milestone. And Lynn O'Brien will join us shortly on Ponies 24-7. The radio magazine introduces us to Sunrise Therapeutic Riding and Learning Center. I can't wait. Also today, the name Greg Blanchard will be very familiar to followers of the Woodbine Racing as Greg was a former member of the Woodbine Broadcast Team and now is Director of Sales and Retail Operations for Western Fair District Operations at Western Fair Raceway in London. Greg has been with Western Fair since 2010, where he started as track announcer and assistant manager at the Western Fair track. And recently, he was named sales manager for the new London Classic Yearling Sale to be held at the Agriplex at Western Fair District from October the 18th to the 19th. The London Classic Yearling Sale will see the Agriplex come to life once again after a two-year COVID disruption, like everything else, which forced breeders to sell many of their yearlings virtually. The last year sale conducted at the London Agriplex took place in 2019 and saw a 291 yearling go through the sales ring grossing over $6.2 million for an average of $21,600. Surely we will meet Greg Blanchard and we'll discuss his yearling sale rebrand and its importance to the Ontario and North American harness racing industry landscape and we'll also hear more about the Western Fair District. Oh, finally, he's back! My co-host Larry Simpson once again try to sniff out some potential betting gems at Woodby Mohawk Park and some other North American tracks that are racing today with their ponies picks today, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. It's going to be a great show, so you better get your HPI and Dark Horse accounts ready to go for some heavy-duty action today. When we come back, my host Larry Simpson will join us to catch up on some recent horse racing news and look at today's $20 million Saudi Cup, the richest horse race in the world, which will see friend of the show Mandaloon and his jockey Flo Giroux. We love you, Flo, competing for first place honors. And speaking of the Kentucky Derby, the road to the Derby stops at Oakland Park and Hot Springs, Arkansas 
Arkansas today with the one million dollar Rebel Stakes on tap and a race at one and one sixteenth mile on the dirt with the winner receiving fifty points towards a starting berth in the all important Kentucky Derby. Well, we can't wait. Hang on, more twenty four seven the radio magazine coming up next. Ponies twenty four seven the radio magazine brought to you by Woodbine Woodbine Mohawk Park Ontario Racing and Rocket Ship Racing. More from the track when we come back on 105.9 The Region. Go from Dark Horse to Winner. Dark Horse is Woodbine's new easy-to-use betting app that brings the thrill of the track right to you. Its AI-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate. Feel the excitement of live-streamed horse races wherever you go. Get $30 to start betting when you sign up today using promo code GET30. Download the app for free at PlayDarkHorse.com. Available on Android and Apple devices. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA provides members and their hardworking employees with medical insurance, pensions, benevolence, negotiations with racetracks and government and provides vital industry information to the horse people. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. All right, welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. I'm Jim Lang, and let me introduce to you my co-host, the expert in all things pony, Larry Simpson. Larry, how are you? I'm doing okay. How about you, Jim? Well, I guess we're both better than Bob Baffert. That's the story in horse racing and sports about the news about Madonna's spirit disqualified from last year's Kentucky Derby because of Bob Baffert. He suspended Mandaloon, deemed the official winner. Shocking news to the horse racing world all over the planet. The problem was, though, it just just kept going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And it just, I, I think it kind of took too long to uh, for them to come to a final decision. I know you know, the lawyers were involved and there was a lot of legalities involved in that. But uh, bottom line is uh, the Dinah Spirit is, you know, removed from the Kentucky Derby uh, as winner. Uh, Mandaloon has been moved up and everybody else has been moved up. And uh, yeah, I guess the, the next situation now is you've got Kentucky Derby coming up on the first uh, Saturday in May uh, this year again. And Bob Baffert is uh, not going to be allowed to race in them, uh, especially he was already, uh, I guess you could say banned because of you know, the, the ruling the Churchill Downs. And so I think the, the problem is now uh, what happens to Baffert horses that have been racing in the Kentucky Derby preps and a lot of them have been winning and, and but not receiving any points for it. So, you know, there's going to have to be a, I guess, a meeting between Bob and his owners and they're going to have to decide if, uh, the owners are going to remain loyal to Bob and not race in the Kentucky Derby or whether they'll be moved to uh, some, the horses will be moved to some other trainers. A number of listeners sending messages, that, Larry, I bet Mandaloon to win. Do I get my money? 
as you know, I bet Mandaloon last year too in the in the futures bet. Yeah. And uh and I also had the exactor uh box between Mandaloon and Hot Rod Charlie, who was the eventual third place horse. So I guess the answer to the the uh question is no, you don't get your money back. And there is a, a lawsuit going on in the U.S. right now with a bunch of gamblers that have uh, gotten together, and they're actually trying to sue both Bob Baffert and Churchill Downs uh, and try to recover some of their money. But the unfortunate thing is when there's a disqualification like this, the the owner will get his, his share, the, the jockey will get his share, uh, but the the poor better doesn't because uh, the race was deemed official that day, and uh, there there is no recourse, unfortunately. Last week's guest, friend of the show, Flo Giroux, involved with a twenty million dollar Saudi Cup. Uh, Larry, for people who don't realize, this is the richest race in the world right now. It is, and uh, Mandaloon, uh, Flo alluded to the fact that Mandaloon was in Saudi Arabia uh, training and. Uh, yeah, today's the uh, the big day. Uh, Mandaloon is five to two in the morning line. Uh, I think he's got a good shot of uh, of, of winning it. Uh, uh, he it's not going to be a, a walkover for him. There are some tough horses in there. Uh, Midnight Bourbon, who he and I have, he and Mandaloon have kind of been having a, uh, I guess you could say a rivalry between them. They've raced enough against each other. Uh, Steve uh, Samuelson trains the horse. He's in that race. Joel Rosario went over to ride that horse. Uh, but, you know, there's there's a horse by the name of Mishrif, and Mishrif actually won this race last year, and uh, he's back in uh, uh, today. And, uh, you know, I think he's got a good shot. He's been off since October, but apparently he's been training well. And there's another horse that I was looking at by the name of Cilloway, uh, which is a French bred that... Uh, has won five of 12 races, and he's won uh, several grade ones. He has Ryan Moore, who I think is one of the top jockeys in the world riding. But unfortunately, all his races have been on the turf. So uh, whether he can you know, take that form that he's had on, on the turf and uh, convert it over to the dirt, but he's 20 to 1 in the morning line, so I'd maybe take a shot on that horse, so. Ah, friend of the show, Woodbine track announcer, one of the most respected race callers in thoroughbred in North America, racing circles everywhere. And besides possessing the dulcet tones that race fans have gotten used to hearing at Woodbine, Robert Geller has a keen eye for horses. And, well, we want to hear more about it, especially the Rebel Stakes at Oaklong Park. Robert Geller, as always, thank you for joining us. Welcome to the show. Wow, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. Okay, uh, before we get into everything else, how do I get a busman's holiday in Australia? Because I think Larry and I would like to join you next time you do that. Well, it's been a long haul getting there, uh, obviously, uh, post-COVID, if it's ever going to end. But it kind of it feels like it is. I got uh, to go and visit my family. So a big part of it is having uh, citizenship and growing up there. So it, it has actually just opened to foreigners. 21st of February was the first date back when I was sort of on my way back to North America. So, oh boy, it's been a long time coming, but it was really worth it. Larry? But you did you did find some uh, time to go to the races there, correct? I sure did, Larry. I uh, went four times. And first up, I went to a track that I was actually... Uh, probably a visitor at a long time ago, 
as a uh, practicing announcer. I actually got a lot of experience at a racetrack called Benalla. Eventually, uh, they employed me as a racetrack announcer there for the uh, circuit in the northeast of Victoria many years ago. And uh, I went back to visit and see uh, if I recognized anyone and how it had changed. And I actually bumped straight into the racing secretary who employed me, and it was a wonderful exchange. I then went to three tracks in the metropolitan area, uh, Flemington, which is famous for the Melbourne Cup, and it was coming up to the start of the Autumn Carnival, so I saw some very nice horses. I also went to Caulfield, where they had the prelude to what is a big race on the weekend for the Blue Diamond Stakes there, a big uh, two-year-old race, and I also saw racing on a midweek at Sandown Park, which is a uh, third of the four tracks that I would always go to as a child in Australia. Bumped into some really interesting people along the way, including a person who actually trained me as a bookmaker's clerk, and he's a bookmaker still, and we talked about the changing world of bookmakers in Australia. Bumped into Jim McGrath, who's a famous name from Australia, who went to the UK as a lead track announcer or a commentator there, who was back visiting. And I did spend some time with uh, one of the announcers there, too, who's uh, doing, doing a terrific job, Matt Hill. So I got a little bit of racing in, but it was primarily to see my family. But I, I mean, it's all the things that I love in one. Well, Robert, I mean, I guess for the uninitiated, how different is the racing experience for fans in Australia than maybe opposed to Woodbine? Uh, now that I've experienced living overseas and working in other parts of the world, I think the world's changed a lot. I think there's a lot of understanding of the differences that there never used to be because of streaming of live racing, because of the access of simulcast racing. But predominantly, there is a huge difference between Australian racing and North American racing in that the majority is on dirt, as we know, and pace and speed is such a big factor. The way in which people analyze races is so speed-oriented in the North American circuit. And... I would say in Australia, weights are much more uh, considered as a factor, uh, the distribution of weights, the way in which horses are considered to go longer distances. Here it's, for example, a mile and a quarter, the traditional classic distance, over there a mile and a half. And the fact that there's racing every single day in a North American circuit at the same track. As, as I was just saying, you know, for example, I got to see four tracks in a short period of time because they move them around so regularly and it's very rare to have a, more than a few days of a carnival at one track. So what is a meeting or a meet uh, is one day in Australia, whereas in the United States or Canada, it will be a meeting as a season. So lots of differences, but predominantly the understanding that that is something now to be celebrated as the racing public really everywhere in the world are betting on so many races everywhere. I mean, you go into a totalizator agency board and off course betting shop at TAB in Australia, you can bet on Japan, South Africa, England, uh, Australia, Canada. Of course, when Woodbine's up, we'll be on. And they knew it well. It was very encouraging. So lots of fantastic changes to racing. Hmm. Larry? And what was the attraction for you wanting to become a, uh, announcer? Well, I loved the idea of going to the track and just fictitiously thinking, oh, as a child, really, um, what if this horse ran against that one? I used to make up fictitious horse races on my exercise books as a youngster. 
But I loved listening to the actual sound of the race call. I found it so very exciting. And I created a sort of racetrack in my bedroom, which was a mock racetrack. So in my childhood play, it was something that was really a part of my uh, enjoyment. But as I really started to think about how perhaps it could be a way of earning a living, I really enjoyed that skill and working towards the mastery of something that I really believe was natural to me because of the way I grew up. I went to the track every single week as a race as a race tracker with my parents. And then after, when I was younger, I would go on my own uh, and I would just love the experience of going out and practicing at tracks like Benalla, where I mentioned I went this time. But I mean, it was just the thrill of being able to, uh, in some way, transition from a racetrack fan to being inside the industry, something I really wanted to experience. Robert, calling soccer, calling hockey, calling other sports is very unique. You're going by numbers and in uniforms, but you're going by the racing silk colors for horse racing. And as much as you were a fan of practice, what was the like to get to learn the craft where you could identify colors and know who was what on the horse calling a race? It's really interesting when I actually was speaking with one of the announcers back there what we might suggest to someone who was wanting to get into the industry. And part of it is obviously visual memory is very important. And for me, the association of the silks with a name and the ability to maybe even pick up the finest, minutest detail of the horse's gear or a distinctive color of the horse if they're in a pack, all those things uh, have to become bread and butter. But we were saying that perhaps... When you get to know some of these horses that are very familiar to you, of course, it becomes much easier. But to really practice and get into it, races where you really have absolutely no history of the horse is the key. And so, for example, two-year-old races are tremendous ways of really seeing if it's a skill that you have. Because you haven't seen that horse ever before, you might have a big field, possibly you know up to 14 at times. And it's really uh, unpredictable as to their style. That's the type of thing that really puts you into the zone of knowing that you've got that visual muscle that you can just quickly, within a very short period of time, possibly within a minute, do that sort of training of your mind to, to remember and spit them out. Because as much as you might prepare quickly, uh, you also have looked at perhaps other races with form lines, but it's really a muscle memory that comes into play. When you're calling races uh, now, Robert, do you still you know, maybe add some new trinkets to the trade or maybe you, you were listening to somebody else call a race and you picked up something from that person and added it to, uh, to your call? All the time, all the time, Larry. I mean, honestly, it's it's never ending. It's a creative process, and the joy of it is to not stay stale, to be fresh. And so mm-hmm. even traveling overseas again and being back in Australia was a refresher to see how other people's uh, manner of speech and perhaps the way the races are run brings you out of a, a set mode and, and you, you shift out of it. But it's really a matter of perhaps sometimes writing down, you know, oh, I wish I'd said that, or perhaps there was a way I could have better expressed that. And for some time, there may be a period where I felt, I feel sometimes very clumsy with some things that are new because it's trying something out that may not necessarily uh, feel 100% at the first try. But those are the ways that you bridge to something that does become automatic. And then by the second or third attempt, you find, oh, that's a racing scenario I've seen before. And then I start to use something that might be more fluid. But 
there's no absolute script to any of it. And, you know, any sport, it's in the moment. And the joy of it is that. And I really think even watching the Super Bowl in Australia out in the hot weather, which I did with my sister on a big screen, I think it's fascinating to hear that the person who might be watching it for the first time as there were many of the spectators around, could really feel the authenticity of the commentator in the moment. Whether they said something clearly or not, it was really the energy of being present. And it was exciting for them for that because they didn't necessarily know a lot. And I think it'll be the same in racing, bringing new fans in. The enthusiasm, the energy, and the presence of, wow, that just happened. And then eventually the things that you you used to talk about them they learn. And I mean, it's a learning process. It's a journey. And if someone's willing to go on it as a racetrack fan, it's my responsibility to give them a lot of joy, understanding, education, and whatever I've learned as just a small part of a much bigger team. And, and that's what I've noticed when I, I watch other players and, and, and the, the value of it to me is, is huge. Speaking with Robert Geller, the Woodbine track announcer par excellence and Woodbine getting ready for the thoroughbred season less than two months from now. So it's just around the corner, but there's lots of big horse racing going on now. You have a very, very keen eye for horse racing and horses and thoroughbreds. What are your thoughts about the Rebel Stakes at Oaklawn? Well, it's very intriguing to see this horse, Newgrange, Bob Baffert's clearly always producing horses that can stretch their speed and possibly go all the way. I mean, this horse is undefeated, has won the last two, and, you know, has experience on the track. So it's going to be hard to run down. Uh, It does concern me that, you know, it's possible that this could be a one-dimensional horse and with the speed is is threatened too much, uh, is vulnerable. So I'm looking at, you know, there's a couple of horses. Barber Road is one of them, who's run second. I did like Dash Attack's interesting form line. Uh, there's a horse that's got a couple of bullet works and did actually have a couple of excuses um, in that last run, so had previously won two. Uh, I suppose I'll stick with the favorite this time because this horse is on fire, Newgrange, but I am not going to be surprised if there's an upset because it's a familiar feel to some extent with a lot of horses back from the southwest and you know, some Smarty Jones earlier, but if there is an upset, and I know Ken McPeak's got a couple of horses that are good, uh, it might have to happen without me because I'm just not as familiar as I'd like to be by having been away. I haven't seen anything really in actual person watching the TV, and there's a big difference. I'm looking just at the form line on past performances for this one, but uh, when I see them, I have a little bit more uh, conviction. So... Mm-hmm. Hesitant, but I'll stick with the Bob Baffert train runner to win it. Larry? New Grange. I just want to ask you, Robert, you've been off since December calling the races at Woodbine. How do you prepare now going forward for the new racing season starting in April? Well, there's always a tentativeness when it's been a bit of a lag. And uh, there was a period where I was in New Mexico and it, it felt like the transition when I was in a winter meet to a summer meet was much less because you were in the swing of it. But on the other hand, you have a freshness that may be even better. And so I'm going to bring that to it. Uh, But at the same time, be aware that there's a season of 133 days. And I really trust and hold, uh, hold my breath that this time we really actually have that because COVID had been so difficult for us and we were stopping and starting. But assuming we do, I need to pace myself and I need to allow the races to tell me what it needs, especially at the beginning, and allow that 
kind of incense familiarity between the, the listener and myself to build. And I think it's a bit like a curve, you know, you sort of prepare for a, a period of something that's got an energy wave. You don't rush it all at the beginning. You build to the middle and that's where the juice of the meat is. And then you come to the end and you still hold sway, but there's got to be a level of preparation in that as otherwise, you know, the pacing could be off. So I'm really trying to just, you know, trust that the races will tell me what it, what they need. But that freshness is what I want to really bring. Robert, as always, a pleasure. We can't wait to hear your beautiful voice and your dulcet tones doing their thing. And just uh, April 16th and beyond for a great season of Woodbine. It's a pleasure. Thank you. And welcome back from Australia. Huh. Oh, thank you so much. It's great to be on. And to Larry and Jim, I'm wishing you both a fantastic season. Cheers. Thanks. When we come back, Lynn O'Brien, the executive director for Sunrise Therapeutic Riding and Learning Center, will join us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Stay tuned. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Follow us on Twitter at 1059theregion. We'll be right back. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. COSA, the Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, proudly serving Ontario horse people. COSA, helping to ensure and support a collaborative and vibrant harness racing industry based on integrity and accountability. For more information, please visit the COSA website at COSAonline.com or call 905-854-2672. Ontario Racing, the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing at 15 racetracks. We are the voice of the Ontario horse racing industry, and we direct breed improvement programs, set annual race dates, and work on attracting new horse owners and race fans. Ontario Racing is committed to supporting a vibrant industry with one vision, working together for a stronger horse racing community. To get your horsepower, go to OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing, three breeds, one vision. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Well, Lynn O'Brien is executive director for the amazing Sunrise Therapeutic Riding and Learning Center, which is located in Puslinch, Ontario, and not-for-profit is helping to provide a place where children and adults with special needs come to take part in a wealth of programs, including therapy, recreation, horse riding, life skills, farm-related activities, and education. Lynn, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I, I've always believed and I have a firm belief in the power of animals to help people, uh, no matter what their situation. What is it about horses working with them that have been able to help people so much with your program? So the human-animal uh, bond is a very powerful motivator, and it's really the foundation of therapeutic riding uh, for special needs. And we see it every day at sunrise where um, the rider, the client, really does connect with the animal and they ride the same horse each week and that that horse becomes their horse. Uh, They look forward to seeing their horse 
Cadbury is the one that's supported by Woodbine Cares uh, this year. And um, that's the connection. That's the, that's the powerful motivator that uh, helps that, that client make strides, whether it's communication or physical therapy or whatever the goal is. Where did the idea of uh, Sunrise uh, originate from, Lynn? Our founder is Ann Kane, and she's still very much involved. Um, this is our 40th anniversary year, so we're quite proud of that. And um, the idea for Anne, who had just recently come to Canada from England, was um, she saw after she lost her husband at a young age how her own horses helped her children through that difficult time. Uh, therapeutic riding was in Canada at that time, but few and far between. Um, so she decided to start one up in the Guelph area, and that uh, we began in 1982 and, and still going. Lynn, I, I'm a firm believer that animals know when someone has an issue. Do, are you finding that too when there's someone with special needs that come to your program? Definitely. That the horses sense Definitely. it? Definitely. They're, they're different with they're, them than maybe someone else? They're very attuned, very sensitive. For instance, a little boy arrived the other day for our outdoor education program, a little four-year-old, extreme anxiety, lots of issues, didn't want to get out of the car. We worked with mom for close to an hour. He finally emerged. We're walking across the barnyard, and Horse Cadbury just happens to be being led from his paddock into the barn. They meet, and the child is visibly anxious, like there's lots of behavior going on. And Cadbury just reached his great big head down and nuzzled that child. We all stood there holding our breath. Many minutes of silence. Suddenly, the little guy yells out, bye, Mom, and follows Cadbury into the barn. Stayed oh. there for the next two hours. Isn't that and beautiful? And we see that all the time. And I swear that horse just knew that he was needed there at that moment. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Larry? What is it that makes Cadbury so special from other horses, though? Well, Cadbury is one of our biggest horses, um, but he's also one of the gentlest ones. And he seems especially attuned. I think that story is is something we see over and over again with Cadbury. He seems especially attuned to his riders. We have a lot of um, great certified instructors at Sunrise, and they all say Cadbury takes really good care of his riders. He's He just looks after them. And um, so all of our therapy horses are wonderful, but Cadbury has that reputation for just being a little more extra attuned to his his people. Where do the horses come from, Lynn? They're all donated for the most part, um, a few on loan from from people, but for the most part, donated horses, people who can't keep their horse anymore, looking for a good home. Um, they come to Sunrise on a trial basis. Our instructors work with them to ensure that they can do the kind of therapeutic riding work that we need them to do. And after about a three-month period, the decision is made. And once they're a Sunrise horse, they're forever a Sunrise horse. Some of them have been with us for close to 20 years. And uh, they retire on the farm. And once they pass on, they're buried on the farm. Um, So, yeah, our our horses are very important to us, of course. You mentioned at the very beginning of the interview, Lynn, about uh, Woodbine and Woodbine Cares. Talk a little bit more about... uh, and what uh, Woodbine has has done for your program. Woodbine Cares has that wonderful grant opportunity for nonprofits, and Sunrise has has benefited from that for several years now. Um, But for the past two years, this year and last year, they have supported through a sponsorship, a $5,000 sponsorship, 
our horse Cadbury, which looks after Cadbury's feed and bedding and vet bills, all of that, and his paddock for a one-year period. So we were thrilled when they decided to renew the sponsorship this year um, and keep Cadbury going in that way. Uh, and that connection, and it's just such a natural partnership with Woodbine Cares. So we're, we're just so grateful for that. Speaking with Lynn O'Brien, the Executive Director of the Amazing Sunrise Therapeutic Riding and Learning Center. Uh, it's been around since 82, but 96 seems to be like a tipping point where things really changed and became a, an amazing facility for the future for years to come. What was it about 96 that really propelled Sunrise to the next level? We achieved an indoor arena, and that was a very big turning point for Sunrise. We had been on several farms throughout the year, the year's rental facilities, lovely places, but never an indoor arena. And um, so constantly canceling lessons due to weather, etc. An indoor arena made all the difference. We began running year-round, didn't have to close down in the winter. Also, um, we were able to expand our programming. So in addition to therapeutic riding, we now have equine facilitated wellness, equine assisted learning. We, ha- we, you know, we run a, a great summer camp program and an outdoor education program for young children. So lots of things we were able to um, add to what we could do with equine therapy. Uh, it, it made all the difference to our fundraising efforts as well. Of course, we could start holding bigger events. Um, that could be sheltered by the arena. So just a tremendous turning point in our history. Uh, talk about some of the, uh, you were mentioning fundraising, uh, talk about some of the events that uh, you would hold, uh, you know, to, to raise uh, raise funds for Sunrise. Well, most recently, um, the past perhaps five years, we've had our Celebrate Sunrise event every June. Um, so you have to picture that we, we attach, pre-COVID days, attached a, a big white tent to the end of our arena, our riders uh, did a wonderful uh, therapeutic riding demonstration for our guests. Um, there was a live and silent auction. Um, people got to see our facility firsthand, and um, people were so supportive. Each year we raised actually close to $80,000. Um, that's been put on the sidelines due to COVID, but we are hoping this June we're going to get back to that event. Um, we've done many things through the years. Uh, we do not receive government funding. Um, except for some summer camp funding in the in the summertime, so we do rely on our own fundraising events, and we've had lots through the years. We had a hoofbeat challenge for many years, where people trailered out to sunrise and rode their horses on our trails and and raised pledges in support of that. Um, but many many fundraisers through the year, and, and people do third-party fundraisers for us as well. Local service clubs have pasta dinners, um, all kinds of things. UPI Energy is a great supporter of Sunrise. Capital Paving is another local uh, corporation that supports us in many ways. So um, we've got great connections with our community, and our community is quite far-flung, not just Guelph, but we're, we're KW, we're we're Elmira, we're Oakville, Burlington, Mississauga. Riders come from... Uh, quite far to do their weekly therapy. And you, you talk about all the different things you do. I think for listeners wondering, is this a seven day a week, 12 month a year operation or what are they, how does it work that way? Yeah, we're six days a week and then year round, hmm. year round. Yeah. Every month, every month in the summer, the, the, we break away from therapeutic riding for the most part and run a eight week summer camp. That's all inclusive. Um, 
kids with and without special needs doing everything together. Um, but uh, the rest of the year, it's therapeutic riding and our, and our other special programs. Can people come and, and, and visit uh, Lynn or, you know? And oh, absolutely. We love, yeah. Yeah, we, we love to show people our facility. We do ask that we set up an appointment because when people come, we, we want the timing to be good. We want them to be able to see a therapeutic riding lesson, you know, see, really see the program in action. Um, but yes, we very much love to give tours of Sunrise. You mentioned that beautiful story about that young boy with anxiety. Off the top, are there other stories in your time there that stand out that really realize what you're doing is making a difference and it's very special and it means a lot to you? Absolutely. I have so many. Um, but one that comes always comes immediately to mind when I'm trying to really illustrate what we can do at Sunrise is a little boy who came in for his assessment. So new riders always have an assessment. That's how we start with a, either a physical therapist or an occupational therapist, our instructor, the child or adult is mounted on the horse. And it's just a time to set goals and establish whether it's going to be a suitable therapy. We had a little guy come in with his mom, very anxious, never been to a farm, hadn't been on a horse, um, was crying quite loudly right across the barnyard into the barn, very resistant to being mounted. The horse stood very quietly and just patiently waited. Um, I want to say it was loud in the arena. Finally, the little guy gets on and we move out of the mounting area. Mom is very shaken and upset, wondering what she's getting into. Um, the horse moves into the arena and instantly just paces away from that mounting area. The little boy stops crying. He signs. He's nonverbal. He signs to his mother all the way around the arena. I wish I could show you. Hmm. <laughs> Look at me. Look at me on my horse. And he kept signing that with his little fingers moving a mile a minute over and over and again. And honestly, it was instant as soon as that horse started to move. Um, so, and, and, that, and that young, who is, he's a young man now, has been with us for many years. Um, and it, it was a wonderful fit for him. Therapy was great, helped him in lots of different ways. It, it motivates the rider to want to communicate, to want to say to somebody, look how great this is, look how well I'm doing. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty exciting. Oh, it is. Uh, Lynn, I think a lot of listeners are hearing this and want to do something to help. How can they help? How can they donate to this fantastic facility at Sunrise? Oh, well, thank you for that opportunity. Visit the Sunrise website, and there is a Canada Helps button on the homepage. Simple to donate that way. Um, I, you'll find my name and number on the uh, website as well if you would like to speak to me about anything about Sunrise. I'm happy to do that. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard Lynn. You heard her story. You heard about Sunrise. Get on it. Give her some help. Lynn, thank you so much for doing this. Larry and I are really, really appreciative, and uh, I'm just so moved by these stories. I had to bite my lip a few times there. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Thank you for the opportunity. We appreciate it. Take care, Lynn. Bye-bye. Righto. Bye-bye. After the break, when we come back, Greg Blanchard, Director of Sales and Retail Operations for Western Fair District, will join us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Live in Ontario? Ever dreamt about owning a racehorse? you need to take Ontario Racing's Horse Ownership 101 Virtual Seminars. 
Join horse racing expert Elisa Blow and learn about standard bred and thoroughbred ownership opportunities in Ontario with options for every price point. These free sessions are available in a one-on-one setting or as a group. For a list of seminar dates and to book your ownership seminar, go to ontarioracing.com slash horse dash ownership today. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. COSA, the Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, proudly serving Ontario horse people. COSA, helping to ensure and support a collaborative and vibrant harness racing industry based on integrity and accountability. For more information, please visit the COSA website at cosaonline.com or call 905-854-2672. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Hey, welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Greg Blanchard's name is probably very familiar to many of our listeners. He spent much of his early career as part of Woodbine's broadcasting team. And since 2010, Greg has moved down the 401 to Western Fair Raceway, where he is now Director of Sales and Retail Operations for Western Fair District. This after a great stint as the track's race caller and assistant manager of the racetrack. Recently, Greg adding to his portfolio the role of sales manager for the new London Classic yearling sale to be held at the Agriplex at Western Fair District from October 18th to 19th, an auction for Standard Bread Yearlings. Greg, as always, welcome to the show. It's a real pleasure. Thank you, sir. Well, thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Well, I, I think to, to, just to get started, I know Larry and I are excited that the fact there's actually going to be an actual live yearling sale, the Agriplex in October. How good does that feel? Yeah, it's fantastic. And I think uh, most of the industry uh, would feel the same way. And, uh, you know, that I think was the message over the last couple of years when uh, the pandemic hit and, um, you know, breeders had to kind of find their own way and, and do their own thing. Um, but uh, the one message that, that was loud and clear over that time was that people were, were anxious to get back to an in-person uh, format. So we're excited to be able to, to, take part and do that here at our venue we think we've got the best venue in canada for an event like this and uh and yeah we're we're happy to to get involved in a more meaningful way larry and being and being uh live on site now great is very important i think to the entire ontario standard bread industry plus you could say the north american standard bread industry correct uh, absolutely you know what we we posted a sale here at our site since 2002, so it's been quite a while. Um, it was originally the, the Four City Yearling Sale, and then it became the London Selected Yearling Sale. Uh, of course, haven't been able to have uh, uh, a sale here the last couple of years because, uh, frankly, our facility's been uh, been repurposed as a vaccination uh, clinic for most of that time. But um, yeah, so we. We'll have that back, and uh, yeah, we feel this is very important. It's it's long been the the premier uh, yearling sale in Canada, and uh, you know that's the level we want to uh, certainly get back to. 
and then we realize the importance. I mean, Western Fair, our, our race track uh, is a significant uh, player, a very important part of the racing industry in Ontario and, and Canada, for that matter. So, to be able to add the uh, the yearling sale to to our roster of what we're doing. Um, fits with our ag mandate and really aligns with what we want to do as an organization, but um, at the same time uh, is an important element in supporting the racing industry. Oh, Greg, I know the last time it took place live at the London Agriplex, I believe it was over 290 yearlings, uh, grossing over $6.2 million. For people maybe don't understand, as the horses are paraded through and they have the screens with a lot number, how hot and heavy does the bidding get for some of these sales? Oh, it can get very, very intense, and uh, and that's what you want, right? Uh, yeah, so you know the the, the who's who uh, certainly in the Canadian industry is is typically here. Uh, you know, you get the big hitters, but uh, one thing about the sale too, uh, there's some value to be had, and and you mentioned the last sale here in 2019, and you know when you look at the graduates from that sale, it's it's a pretty impressive list. And uh, you know, one of the one of the true bargains of the sale ended up being Fashion Frenzy, uh, collared for I think seven thousand dollars that year. And uh, you know, he's gone on to become an O'Brien Award winner, and and uh, I think he's got about seven hundred and fifty thousand or so in the bank and and counting. So uh, you know, you can find those diamonds in the rough too. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's. Uh, it can get hot and heavy, and and uh, and we really hope to see that this year. We've got uh, new dates that we're excited about. It's going to be a weekday format, and uh, it's going to fall right in between the uh, Ontario Sire Stakes Super Finals and Breeders' Crown eliminations. So we're kind of hoping that you know, with that timeline, that the the who's who of the standard bread industry will be in town, and that um, you know, some some or many of those folks will make their way here to London for the sale. Uh, maybe, Greg, uh, for our listeners, you can kind of uh, outline exactly a little bit about the, the landscape of the Western Fair District and, and what's your role with them. I came here in 2010. Um, my role at that time was as the assistant uh, raceway manager and track announcer. Um, over time, I uh, worked up to become the, uh, the manager of the raceway and then director of racing. And then uh, about three or four years ago now, uh, moved across the road uh, into marketing and since then uh, sales and retail operations. So, so my roles changed a lot. Um, that's kind of what I, what I like about the place is um, the fact that we have a lot happening and, and a lot of opportunity to, to take on different roles. But I'll just give you a quick snapshot of, uh, of how diverse um, you know, the Western Fair Association is. We have... Uh, the raceway, as people would know, uh, we have an agriplex uh, facility where the, the yearling sale is held, but uh, we also host uh, other large trade shows. Um, we have some owned and operated shows. We operate uh, one of the largest farm shows in Canada, uh, the largest poultry show in Canada, for example. Um, the name Western Fair uh, is uh, we have the namesake of that, which is our annual Western Fair. It's a ten-day fair, and it's uh, I think one of the five or six largest fairs in Canada. We have uh, a sports center that uh, goes hot and heavy year-round with with uh, hockey leagues and tournaments. We have a, a weekend uh, farmers market that's part of what I oversee as well. We have uh, we have a comedy club. Um, 
yeah, we, we've got a lot going on. I probably forgot a few things. <laughs> Speaking with Greg Blanchard, who is well-known to a lot of people, has also got many different hats he wears, a director of sales and retail operations at Western Fair District. And I think for a lot of people in the industry, Greg, they're curious, are sales and retail coming back to where it was pre-pandemic? Are we on our way back to that level, especially in your area of the province? The numbers were, were okay if you have the, the type of business that could uh, pivot. And I know we're all sick of that word, but, <laughs> uh, but be able to transition and find different ways of, of doing business. And uh, <clears throat> a lot of that had to, to do with, uh, you know, being able to move into a virtual landscape and uh, embrace that. But uh, no, with an example uh, that I just gave you, uh, our, our market, our weekend market that I oversee, um, it's remained in operation throughout the pandemic, for example. And um, it's such it's got such a strong um, local community backing that uh, that's remained important to people. And, and perhaps people have shifted a little bit in their thinking and and really wanted to support uh, local, perhaps more than they did before. So we've we've seen numbers remain strong and, and we're anxious now as, as it looks like restrictions are going to be lifted further and that, you know, we're going to be able to function more like normal. Um, you know, that's exciting to us. And, and we're starting to look ahead now to some of our trade shows returning that we haven't had in a couple of years. Um, we haven't had our annual fair or signature event, haven't they able to have that for two years now. So, uh, you know, very excited to start planning and, and ramping up for those things. And, and, by all indications, everything we're hearing from from exhibitors, vendors, that type of thing, that uh, most of them are are very anxious to get back as well. So, um, so we we've been fortunate as an organ organization. We've uh, been able to weather the the pandemic uh, pretty well overall. Obviously, bringing in new owners is, is big for <clears throat> horse racing of both sides, thoroughbred and standardbred, and. Yearling sales are are a way of bringing uh, new owners into the business. Uh, will the uh, sale be working on the efforts to try to bring in some new owners, maybe through uh, the new ownership program that uh, Ontario Racing is uh, promoting? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we haven't uh, gotten into any any specific detail about that, but um, I, I certainly would love to see that as part of the um, you know, the, the sale event, if you want to call it that in October. Um, and, and I think it was three or four years ago, um, they were starting to go down that path. They had a little bit of a trade show in conjunction mm-hmm. with the sale and, and, had, you know, the, um, organizations here, uh, <clears throat> some of the fractional ownership groups, uh, the entities like Ontario racing were here to engage with, um, customers and to be able to give them more information on those types of things. And uh, I really would like to see that uh, continue. So, uh, you know, we'll be reaching out to some of those entities to, to try and make that happen. And it's important to us here. I know on the raceway side, um, we've had a concept in place that we just haven't been able to, to execute it yet uh, because of the pandemic. But um, We've uh, actually budgeted to uh, put some money toward new ownership uh, from a raceway perspective and supporting a kind of a new ownership club, if you will. 
Um, so there, you know, there'll be more detail coming out on that as we we look ahead to to next season on the raceway side. So I think everything would would align well uh, when it comes to that. Give him a follow on Twitter, race fans and listeners, at Molson underscore GB. He is Greg Blanchard, Director of Sales and Marketing and Media Communications at Western Fair Association. Greg, thank you so much for your insight. Let's hoping it's a fantastic year for you and everyone involved with Western Fair. Thank you so much, guys. Really appreciate it. It's a pleasure. Talk Take to you care. later, Greg. Bye-bye. After the break, Larry Simpson looks at some racing action today around North America, including Woodbine Mohawk Park, the Meadowlands, and some racing and several other North American tracks. So make sure that your HPI accounts and Dark Horse app are ready to work overtime today. Stick with us for Larry's Ponies Picks Today, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. We'll be right back. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Discover a new breed of excitement with Live Horse Racing. Ontario Racing represents 15 racetracks where you can experience the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing. To find the racetrack nearest you, go to ontarioracing.com. New to betting? Check out our Betting 101 page and learn about the HPI Bet Wagering platform and the Dark Horse app the best and safest online betting options. Get your horsepower at OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing. Three breeds, one vision. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA promotes the exchange of ideas to further advance, market, and preserve live racing in Ontario while offering new thoroughbred ownership opportunities. Membership to the HBPA is free for owners and trainers. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Okay, before we wrap up our show, of course, what would Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, be without a couple of possible betting opportunities and potential betting gems as Larry gives us his Ponies Picks today, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. Larry, take it away. Thanks, Jim. Let's uh, hope, uh, fingers crossed, that we have a couple of winners in the yes. uh, books here. So, <laughs> yeah, let's start at uh, Gulfstream Park. They have a 12 race card today. Race 7 is about five furlongs on their new tapita surface. The number six horse, Reconfigure, is sent out by Woodbine trainer Marty Drexler, who is having a very good meet at Gulfstream this winter. And this is actually the first year that he's gone down there uh, to uh, to race during the winter. And he's actually winning at an 18% clip, which is uh, fantastic. Uh, uh, Marty claimed Reconfigure from a race at Woodbine in November, and then he gave Reconfigure some time off and... Uh, he reappeared at Gulfstream on January 21st on the Tapita surface 
and one by three and a half lengths with a nice 89 buyer rating. Uh, there's been two three furlong breezes since that race, and the winner of over 329,000 lifetime looks to have found a field that he should be able to handle today. So as there looks to be a lot of uh, speed signed on, and uh, that should help pepper the pace and help uh, his closing style. So Gulfstream Park, race seven, number six, reconfigure. Up next? Uh, Santa Anita has a nine race card today, and race eight sees a nice group of maiden special weights gather at uh, seven furlongs on the dirt for a purse of $67,000. The number four horse, Elector, uh, debuted on December 26th and stumbled badly at the start and then raced greenly throughout and just basically trailed. So uh, Elector was uh, was decided to give Elector a little bit of a break, and uh, it was a bit of a tough outing. And uh, almost a month later, he showed up on the workout sheet with a five furlong work, and since then has added four more five furlong works, including a bullet work of 59 flat on February the 12th. Uh, trainer John Sadler has a high percentage for starters making their second start and also uh, horses that are coming off a layoff of 60 to 180 days. Uh, Elector is a textbook example of a second-time starter in against many first-time starters, and most have that have raced have had so many chances. They look like they're just uh, uh, maidens for quite a long while. Um <laughs> Actually, in our most recent issue of Ponies 24-7 magazine, in my Racer's Edge handicapping column, I wrote about the potential value of second-time starters, simply because maiden races do have a lot of horses that have raced a bit and haven't been able to get the job done, and there's a lot of first-time starters, and you don't know what you're getting. So Race 8, Santa Anita today may be a good example with number four, Elector. Up next... Uh, the Meadowlands has a 13 race card tonight and race four is a one mile pace, a purse of $15,500, <clears throat> excuse me. The number three horse stone dust has missed a week, but the fact that he's dropping down in class tonight could help make up for this. Uh, his last start as mentioned was at a class higher and stone dust had the seven post got parked for a half and finished six beating four lengths. Times in 151 and 2. A better post tonight should help Stone Dust. Uh, he should be up closer to the pace, and he could get into the win column for this uh, winner of 20 races lifetime. So the Meadowlands, race four, number three, Stone Dust. And to wrap up? Uh, wrap up. Last but not least, uh, Woodbine Mohawk Park has a 12 race card, and we're going to go right to race one, which is the third leg of the pop up series. Uh, this is a one mile pace. Purse of $15,000. The number six horse, Farmer's Tan, dropped into the pop-up series last Saturday and came up with a surprise win at 11-01 odds. Uh, Farmer's Tan received a great drive from Doug McNair, who's back on in the bike tonight. Just got up at the wire for a win in 55-3. And, and uh, with that effort, it looks like Farmer's Tan has found his form again, which was good enough to see him win seven times in 2021 and 20 in his career. So... Woodbine Mohawk Park, race one, number six, Farmer 10. Awesome. And let's say hello to our good friend Mark of the Fans of Horse Racing. Thanks for joining us again for this edition of Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. A reminder, if you'd like to receive a free digital copy of the latest issue of Ponies 24-7 magazine that was released, email Larry Simpson at the Ponies 247 experience at gmail.com. Don't forget about the
the Ponies 24-7 Lymphoma Canada campaign. Don't horse around with lymphoma. For more information on this, go to the landing page at lymphoma.ca slash ponies. As even though the silent auction's over, you can still donate to the cause. Stick around with 105.9 of the region all weekend long. The feed, the York region's only magazine show, is up next. I'll be back here Monday morning. Enjoy your bets. Keep tuning in to Ponies 24-7. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Thanks for listening. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine with Jim Lang and Larry Simpson has been brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Tune in next Saturday morning at 8.30 for more on the world of horse racing. This is 105.9 The Region.